0: Well, good morning, guys. Stephen Blair.
1: Hello, Jack. How are you? I'm very everybody. Well. Hello, Stephen.
0: Episode seven of season seven. Oh, I know we're near seven. the end of the road. Now, seven or right? seven.
2: Well, the numbers all the same. And we're doing this one when we're just approaching Christmas party season
1: as well. So oh, it's the best time of the year. Are you indeed. looking forward to it, Blair? Oh, I love the Christmas party. Free bar? Do you think, Blair? Well, that's not my decision to make. Jay. We'll, find, we'll find out in due course. We can I've, live heard, and I've heard that Blair's the one to watch on the dance floor, though. Well, I wouldn't want to blow my own trumpet, Stephen, but you'll, you'll see in a few weeks' you time my, my, my moves. If they play a bit of steps, you'll maybe see how
2: I get on. <laughs> oh, that, that
0: would be the dream. That would be the dream. Looking forward
2: to it even more, now? Even
0: I can more vouch, now. I can vouch for Blair. I'm thinking Doghouse last two years ago. Cutting shapes.
1: <laughs> I know I'm well known for it. It'll count as in then. Five, six, seven, eight.
0: Welcome to the Black Adders Employment Team Podcast, where you have your very own employment lawyer in your pocket. This podcast is aimed at managers and business owners and intends to keep you on the straight and narrow with your staff. The employment team has grown
2: since the last series of the podcast, and to reflect this, this new series is all about the newbies. We will be looking at the ins and outs of recruiting and integrating new employees into the business, from placing job adverts to issuing contracts, managing probationary periods and more. And we're getting towards the end of the journey, as we've mentioned, mm-hmm. so uh, we, we looked at data protection last yep, time. We did. Hope you guys were listening. I was. I, impressed. It
0: I was impressed by Paul's debut on the podcast yeah he did very well
2: very informative very mm-hmm. informative I thought as well yep. so uh, this week we are going to be looking at health issues and dealing with them as part of the recruitment process but Blair's done the count way we will give him double responsibility this
0: week Jack I think so it's well, time sure for Blair to earn his crust
1: I'm not sure if I can take it but yeah I'll make sure I get the I'll get, I get all the words right today. This episode is brought to you by thepodcasthost.com, the ultimate how-to podcast resource on the web. They can help you with anything podcast-related, from planning and launching your show, to equipment and editing, to growing an audience, and even monetizing your show. Check out their free step-by-step guide on how to start your very own podcast at thepodcasthost.com slash start. That's thepodcasthost.com slash
0: Start. Good emphasis, Blair. You like that today? Is that better? Best one yet. Yay! Best one yet.
2: (laughs) Success. So, health issues and recruitment, what Mm. are our thoughts? Blair,
1: what's the general view that we take on asking these types of questions? Well, we've touched on it in earlier episode, Stephen, but a big reason to steer clear of these types of questions is is that it could give rise to discrimination claims. Any question about previous sickness records or health conditions can give rise to complaints from unsuccessful candidates who have disabilities that they have not been appointed to a job because of their answers to those questions and claims that this amounts to disability discrimination.
0: Yeah, that's right, Blair. And also, including job selection criteria that relate to health or physical fitness or disability may also amount to indirect discrimination against disabled people in particular. Um, unless, of course, the employer can objectively justify these things as a requirement to the actual job in question. An employer also needs to think about making reasonable adjustments when it comes to shortlisting candidates for an interview, particularly if it knows or ought to know that um, a candidate in question has a disability and is therefore likely to be at a substantial disadvantage because of a particular feature of the recruitment arrangements or the premises in which interviews might be held
2: that's maybe less of an issue than it used to be given these things are all done by Zoom and Microsoft Teams and the like. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Okay, so what employers also need to be aware of is it's actually unlawful to ask pre-employment health questions except in certain specified situations before the offer of a job is made or a person is placed in a pool of people who may be offered that job. And that comes from Section 60 of the Equality Act There are limited situations where those questions can be asked, but again,
1: the default position is that employers should not be asking them in the first place. Yep, that's right Stephen, and the Act doesn't specifically define what a health question is, however it does state that whether or not a person has a disability is to be regarded as an aspect of that person's health, so therefore questions around those areas and the disability will be unlawful.
0: Yeah. So it's quite a murky area, this, isn't it? And I mean, the canny employers who are ahead of us and thinking, well, we'll just make um, conditional offers of employment and ask for health information at that stage. Nice try, but bad luck, because the act does safeguard against this and actually says that um, unconditional and conditional job offers would be subject to the same rules. So there's no (laughs) loopholes there. Yeah, they,
2: they've obviously thought that one through. That's the that's the trick with these these pieces of legislation: is look what it says and see if you can do something that doesn't fall within the ambit of them.
0: Exactly.
2: However, that's not to say no job offer cannot be conditional and subject to carrying out a health check. The Act does set out permitted reasons for employers can ask pre-employment health questions, and such questions will not be prohibited in three situations. So, question, guys, <gasps> who knows? Mm. The
0: three circumstances where employers can do this. I know one. Boyle. Dundee. Yes. Establishing if the applicant will be able to comply with a requirement to undergo an assessment or interview.
1: Oh, sir, please, I know one. I know one. Can I yes. say Come on, Duncan, give Thank us your you. answer.
0: The, and the next one is establishing if the applicant will be
1: able to carry out a function that is intrinsic to the work concerned. Well, very good, guys. Very good. That's
2: two. Of two. High five. Jack. And uh, in regards to both these reasons, asking questions for what you're trying to work out if you need to make reasonable adjustments would also be permitted. So, who's going to get the
1: third? Oh can I do it? Go for it. Go for (laughs) it, Blair. I'm total SWAT today, sorry. Monitoring diversity in in the range of persons applying to the employer for work.
2: Well done, Blair is the winner. (sighs) Darn it. That was on the tip of my tongue (laughs) as well. Jack is rubbish and has a forfeit to pay. Blair, what is Jack's forfeit?
0: Oh dear.
1: Well, it's almost lunchtime as we record this, so I think a tram sandwich, Jack. Well, if you're sound.
0: buying Blair, I'm on board with that, <laughs> absolutely. That does
1: not sound like a forfeit, Jack. <laughs> that does not sound like
2: a forfeit so uh, one final thing to remember about that last permitted reason is that when you're asking questions for equal opportunities monitoring purposes the answers that candidates give should be kept separately from the application form and also kept away from the person or people who is involved in the interview and recruitment process they shouldn't see that interview in it coming to their decision and that ensures again that the person who takes the decision can take one which may leave the organization open to a potential discrimination claim.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a wee bit like the old employment tribunals when they sort of they say if you partake in mediation that's not meant to taint the process and so it's meant to be a different judge and it all goes in a sealed envelope. That's right. Yeah. Similar kind of approach but anyway back to the matter in hand what employers need to always remember is that they must have evidence to show that the asking of the question is necessary. So that's the key word necessary the wording of the questions should be carefully considered to ensure that it's only requesting the information that's necessary. And a good tip here is that questions about current health issues, as opposed to past ones, will always have a greater chance of being viewed as necessary.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. So Blair, since you're you're top of the class today, have you got any good examples of, of
1: the types of questions that we can permissibly ask that we can share with the listeners? Uh, Well, the Act gives the example, which I'll use that one since that's there, of an applicant who applies for a job in a warehouse, which requires the manual lifting and handling of heavy items. As manual handling is a function which is intrinsic to the job, the employer is permitted to ask the applicant questions about his or her health to establish whether they are able to do the job with reasonable adjustments for a disabled applicant if required. The employer would not be permitted to ask the applicant other health questions until he or she offered the candidate a job. Yeah, that's right. That's that's a good example.
2: And again, picking up on what Jack said before, you've also got to give thought to the particular wording of the question. So mm. using your example, Blair, mm. the necessary question would be, do you have any health problems which might prevent your lifting heavy objects or climbing ladders and not sending the job applicant a long checklist and asking them to tick boxes
0: to confirm which medical conditions they do or don't have? Now, Stephen, I was... Um... I was listening. Honestly, was listening last week. And I'm going to prove that to you. Good. Okay. Um, because the other issue here is that when asking this type of question, acquiring information about someone's health will also give rise to data protection issues. Um, and asking and obtaining any medical information—that, in my understanding, um, having listened last week—is a processing of special category data. Well. I'm pulling myself back up to second Second in the class. I might not be top, Blair, but... Well, I think you've gone beyond that. That's an extra point.
2: Oh. That means it's two each in oh, our okay. draw. That's so fair. I'm afraid you're buying your own lunch today, Blair. That's
1: off. fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. That's fair. I'll accept that.
2: So any final thoughts on this area, guys?
1: I would say one final thing. It's important to conclude by highlighting a breach of Section 60 of the Act does not give rise to a distinct right of claim against employers. It's only the Equality and Human Rights Commission, the EHRC, that can take enforcement action where an employer has allegedly breached these rules. However, as we've said, asking such questions may create a risk of an, un- of an unsuccessful candidate arguing that they've been asked and the response is used not to imply someone, and that could be discriminatory. So just bear that in mind.
0: Okay. Takeaway tips, guys. Let's do one each. We'll share the load this time. Blair, you've done enough carry in this episode, so but you can go first though, Blair. Okay, I'll go first then.
1: Review your application forms and processes to ensure you are not asking any questions relating to a candidate's health issues unnecessarily. Okay, I'll take number two. where you do have a genuine
2: and allowable need to ask health questions relating to the candidate's fitness to do the job or arrangements that you might need to make for the interview, ensure this is properly considered in advance. And you have evidence to support the need to do this.
0: And then I'll pick up a third tip here. Where you can point to a permissible reason to ask a health question, make sure that the question is specifically directed to the information you need and it goes no wider than that. Avoid these kind of checklists and tick boxes. Good advice. Definitely,
2: definitely. So call to action this week. We don't just share our views on employment law via the podcast. No. We also have a, a mailing list on our website where we offer blogs, we offer invites to seminars, mm-hmm. HR yeah. groups. Okay. Advent calendar this month. Oh there is law. there is an advent calendar as well. Our colleague Donna is is busy. She's giving these away one a day. So if you enjoy the podcast and you're looking for a bit more information on employment law then why not sign up to our mailing list on the Black Adders website. As we say you'll get access to more information invites to seminars and it's another way to ensure that you don't miss an episode of the podcast. Perfect. Yeah. Good advice.
0: Cheers guys.
2: Okay. We off to buy lunch now. Off to buy lunch now. I think. Yeah, go can, via the bank eh? I'll go with the
1: bank and I'll get you one as well Jack. Fine since oh, you were so good to me today. <laughs> See you <laughs> next time everybody. Cheers guys. All the
0: best. Bye bye.